Hello. Welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. As we look at this passage, like the one I did before with the born again, with Jesus and Nicodemus, this one gets right to the point. Jesus gets right into the action. Almost immediately, we see Jesus call out Levi to come and follow him. And it's like instantaneous. Levi just drops everything that he's doing and he follows Jesus. There's this sort of almost abruptness or immediacy or urgency to this whole encounter. And so I want to kind of in the spirit of that moment, I want to just frame this message in the same way. So let's get right to the point. When we encounter Jesus, we hear his call to follow him. In any encounter that we have with Jesus, Jesus is always calling us to follow him. For some of us, to follow him for the first time. For others of us, to follow him more and more deeply in every area of our life. What does it mean to follow Jesus? So if someone asked you today, oh, are you a Christian? And you were to go, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay, And they said, what does it mean to really follow Jesus? How would you explain that to them? Okay, so I want us to just think about that as we look at this moment, because this little encounter that Levi has with Jesus will give us a picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is two key things from this story. Number one, it means we are called out and it means we are sent out. These two things. To follow Jesus means that we are called out and sent out. So let's unpack that. Let's start with being called out. That's the first thing we see here. To do that, I want to go to Mark's perspective on this whole scene. Mark has an interesting take on this calling of Levi. Check this out. In Mark chapter two, verse 13, Mark says this, a large crowd came to him, meaning Jesus, and he began to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. Now pause right there. Now just close your eyes wherever you're at and just see the image that Mark gives us. He paints a picture of a large crowd gathering around Jesus. So just picture that, Jesus and this huge swelling crowd all around him. Jesus is teaching the crowd. Okay, I want you just to picture that. Now, in the midst of this moment with this huge crowd all around Levi and he's, I mean, all around Jesus and he's teaching them, we have this moment where he calls Levi. Now open your eyes. Now, this crowd that Mark shows us is swelling around Jesus through word of mouth. As people are hearing Jesus or experiencing him, they're inviting their friends, their neighbors, their family to come and meet Jesus. Now, as the crowd is swelling, there's this moment where out of the crowd, Jesus calls out Levi. Now, the crowd represents a place for us spiritually, okay? Think about this for a minute. The crowd represents that place spiritually in our life where we're curious about Jesus. We're kind of checking him out, but we're staying safe in the crowd on the outer perimeter. It's the place where we're curious, we're intrigued, but we haven't yet committed to following him. And then comes this moment where Jesus calls us out of the crowd to commit to him and to follow him. And that's the moment we see Levi having with Jesus. 
I want to share a moment where I had that in my life. I had some friends that were inviting me to go with them to church. And at first I was really uncomfortable about the idea of going to church. It was just like, ah, you know, everyone's going to know I'm not very religious. They're going to be judging me and yada, yada, yada. Not to mention the fact that I was kind of raised Catholic and it made my parents really upset for me to go to any other church but the Catholic church. But nonetheless, my friends invited me on a Monday night and so I went. And there I was sitting with my friends at the very front of the room. We would always go sit at the front because all the seats were full. And there we were sitting there. And week after week, I would hear this preacher start giving an invitation to faith. And he would call people out and say, hey, who wants to accept Jesus? And I would hear this go on and on. But there was one Monday night where when he gave that call to faith, I heard it as a call on my life personally. It was no longer for everybody else around me. It was a moment where I knew Jesus was calling me out of the crowd to follow him. And I was frozen in this tension place. What would change in my life if I chose to follow him? And I imagine Levi might've felt that way. The moment where Jesus is like, Levi, I see you, come follow me. Because it says in the passage that Levi left everything. Maybe Levi was like, for a moment, what would change in my life? What do I have to let go of? And that's how I felt. I thought also, what would people in this room think of me if I stand? I was a little afraid to be called out in the crowd and to commit to following Jesus. Listen to this. Luke 12, 8 says this. I tell you, Whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the son of man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. There's something about acknowledging and admitting that we want God and that we need him in front of others that one, it helps it make it more real for you and me. There's something about a public acknowledgement that does something for our faith. It's like when you get married, right? It's like when you get married and imagine you were getting ready to marry someone and they're like, I don't want anybody else to know. Can we just keep this a private thing so nobody else knows that we're married? It'd be like, well, maybe there's something a little off in that relationship. You with me? It would feel like something's not right there. When we are drawn into a relationship with God, he wants to celebrate and he wants to call us out so that we know that we are chosen by him in front of all these people. But secondly, there's something about being called out that helps other people take a step of faith in their life. Now, for Levi, when he steps out in this moment, when he accepts Jesus' invitation, it changes his life forever. It means a couple things for Levi. It means, number one, he's going to leave behind every way in which he's been leading his own life apart from Jesus. Jesus is now going to be the leader of his life. He's going to follow him and he's going to orient his whole life around Jesus. I feel like there's some of us maybe who've been listening to these messages each week. Maybe a friend's been sending these to you and you're hearing this and you've been learning about Jesus. You've been checking him out, but I want to give you a chance right now. Maybe you are like Levi, maybe like me. Jesus is calling you out of the crowd, out of that place of just being curious or interested. But right now, to make a commitment to following Jesus by surrendering your life to him right now in this moment. And if that's you, I just want to just invite you just to take a moment and just close your eyes. Let's just quiet ourselves. 
opened your heart to God's love for you and his desire for you to be in a relationship with him. It says in the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What is keeping you back from opening your heart to God's love and following him? I just want to pray for you. Lord, I want to pray for right now for every person hearing this who is on that threshold of decision that they would hear your voice right now reaching through the phone, the screen, the television, however they're listening to this and hear your voice right now calling out to them, come and follow me. Listen, if that's you, and you're ready to follow Jesus, you're ready to move out of the crowd into relationship with Jesus, would you just pray this simple prayer with me? Open your heart to God and pray this simple prayer. You ready? Here we go. Jesus, I'm ready to come out of the crowd and commit my life to you and follow you. I'm ready to accept that you died on the cross for me and that you rose from the dead so that I could be restored into a right relationship with the Father, forgiven for all my sins, and enter into eternal life with you. And lastly, pray this simple prayer. Jesus, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Now, if you prayed that prayer, or if you're just sensing you're ready to come out of the crowd and follow Jesus and you're hearing that call in your life. I want you to text the number at the bottom of the screen. Reach out to us. We don't want to sell you anything. We don't want to pressure you anything. But we want to help you grow this spiritual moment into a lifestyle, into a lifelong journey with God. Okay? So look at the number. Text it. Reach out to us. We have some free resources we'd love to give you. We'd love to offer you ways you can get connected to our community and grow spiritually and allow this moment to become a lifestyle with God. All right. Now, the second thing about this moment is that Jesus doesn't only just call us out of the crowd, okay, but he also sends us out. And that's what we see in verse 29 with Levi. Okay, look at verse 29. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. I just love this moment because what would you do if you had this moment with Jesus? I don't know about you, but I can think of a couple reactions that we might have or that I might have. Number one, why didn't Levi just have a party for Jesus and the disciples? Wouldn't you kind of want to just have a private dinner with Jesus, have your own personal moment with him? But that's not what Levi does. Or why wasn't Levi held back with fear to introduce all his friends to Jesus? Why wasn't he freaked out that maybe his friends would think he was some kind of religious fanatic. But none of that happens. Levi throws the biggest party of his life and he invites all his friends to meet Jesus. So Levi is called out, but then in this moment we see him sent out and inviting all his friends to meet Jesus. And there's a couple things we need to observe about this moment. First, I want us to look at Jesus and how 
he interacts with Levi's friends. The first thing is this, the tax collectors and the irreligious are attracted to Jesus. This is not a one-off moment, okay? This is actually a pattern we see in the gospels with Jesus and non-religious people. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but non-religious people were really comfortable with Jesus. That might be surprising to you because it might feel weird to imagine our non-Christian friends excited about going to church with us. Maybe you're one of those non-Christian friends and you're like, "Uh, yeah, I'm not interested in that. That's how I felt when my friend invited me. But it's about Jesus. It's about introducing our friends to Jesus. And what's so interesting here is that time and time again, we see that people who are far from God are really attracted to Jesus. Listen to this in Luke 15, one, another passage Another moment in Jesus's life, the gospel writer describes this scene, tax collectors and other, get this, notorious sinners. Often, not once in a while, but often came to listen to Jesus teach. Why is that? What was it about Jesus that made the, ir- or the religious people uncomfortable with him and the non-religious people comfortable and attracted. There was like a magnetism about Jesus's life that attracted people who were far from God. But why? I think one reason why that might be is because I think they could sense that Jesus really loved them. For Jesus, people weren't a project. He wasn't out trying to convert people. And I know that sounds pretty heretical to say, but what if Jesus wasn't out to convert people? He was out to love people And conversion was the result of a genuine encounter with God's love. You see, when you're out to just convert people and you can find yourself in this approach where you're trying to manipulate, control, and convince and get people into your way of thinking. But when we're out trying to love people and demonstrate the love of the Father to people, there's something so attractive. There's something transforming about that kind of experience. Listen to this. Jesus loved people because he saw the image of God in every human being. He saw the image of God in the prostitute. He saw the image of God in the mangled, beat up leper. People that the rest of society saw as rejected by God. He saw the image of God in these people. Tax collectors were known as traitors as crooks and as criminals. They were people who betrayed their own people for financial gain by collaborating with the Roman government who were oppressors over the Jewish people. So these were not the kind of people that I don't think you or any of us would have liked. And yet Jesus saw the image of God in them and he loved them. Have you ever felt that way about somebody? Have you ever looked at someone and just thought, man, that God loves that person. Have you ever been just filled with a sense of God's love for another person around you? It's an amazing experience when that happens. There are times when I'm preaching and I'm looking out at the crowd and I just see people out in the crowd. This is something that's been hap- that's happened to me for the last 20 years. And when I see people, it's not the way they're dressed or their body language or how tall they are or how short they are. It's just like a, it's like a spiritual thing. I look at them and I just feel this 
overwhelming feeling of God's love for that person. And I've learned in time to kind of try to go up and find those people and just say, hey, you know, I just think maybe God wants me to pray for you. Maybe you've been one of those people. But there's moments in our life where God just fills our heart with people around us with his love for him, for them. When Jesus calls us out and we encounter Jesus, we encounter his love for people. And it's that love that propels us outward. Not this burden to like go make people a project, but this love for people that makes us want to go out and get them and introduce them to Jesus. Listen to this, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Yeah, I know I read it earlier, but I want you to hear this again. This is such a powerful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Not God was freaked out by the world. God was angry at the world or God was disgusted with the world. But get this, God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. People weren't a project to Jesus. He was filled with love for them, but he did have a purpose for every person he met. Having a purpose for people in our life doesn't mean they become projects. It means we see them as made in God's image and made to be in relationship with God. And that kind of awareness and that way of seeing people, it changes us. It frees us from our fear of people thinking we're some kind of religious freak. It frees us from being self-conscious. What will people think of me? It frees us from trying to make people projects and to control and manipulate them. And it makes, and it opens a door for people to experience Jesus in us. Listen to this. When we encounter Jesus, he not only calls us out, but he sends us out with a purpose. Matthew 4.19, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So, Following Jesus is about being called out, but it's also about being sent out. And you can't have one without the other. I want to just talk to the Christians in the, in the room real quick. Listen to this. To follow Jesus absolutely is more than this, but it can never be less than being sent out by him to bring others to introduce them to Jesus. To follow him means we take on his purpose for our life. In every area of our life, our workplace, our, our sports teams, where we go to school, our neighborhoods, our friendship circles, it's about allowing his love for those people to be the controlling purpose and priority in those areas of our life. That's not going to make our friends and neighbors and coworkers a project. It's actually going to elevate the value and the dignity of those people when we begin to see them as made in God's image and destined for eternal life with God. Do you see what I'm saying? Oftentimes we just see them as like a coworker. We just see them as a teammate. We just see them as a friend who gives something back to our life. They give us friendship. They give us support. There's someone we love to skate with, someone we love to surf with, someone we love to have late night talks with. But do we see them as someone that God loves and that someone is created for eternal life? That's not making people projects or 
diminishing their value. That's allowing Jesus' perspective on the people in our life to be elevated. And look, there's something kind of scary about that. When you let Jesus just elevate this view of the people around us, it kind of puts us on the spot. It's like you can't ignore that part of who they are anymore. How is Jesus wanting to open your eyes to the people in your life to give you a fresh perspective? When we have Jesus' perspective about the people in our life, it frees us from fear. It frees us from, I think, from, from fear. That's the bottom line for us. We're afraid that people will think we're trying to convert them. But that's not our job. Our job is to love them and to love them with our Heavenly Father's love. The truth is when we lose sight of this purpose in our life, we begin to drift back into the crowd. When we stop sharing our faith, when we stop, stop inviting people to, into spiritual conversation to, to learn about Jesus, when we stop praying for people around us to know Jesus, we are drifting back into the crowd and forgetting who we are. You are God's called out ones. And you are called to stand out. We don't stand out because of our outrage over how the world is going to hell in a handbasket. That's not what should make us stand out. We're not supposed to stand out because of our social media presence or because of how amazing our skills are on the soccer field or how good looking we are or how many friends we have or how amazing our car is that we drive. We are called to stand out because of our commitment to loving people with the Father's love. Does your life stand out with God's love? That's what Jesus wants to challenge us with through this passage. When we look at Levi, it's almost so simple. I mean, look what he does. It's just like he goes out, he invites him, and boom, they're having a meal with Jesus. What could that look like for us? Yeah, it's bold, but it's simple. It's not complicated. It's just about allowing our encounter with Jesus to transform us into people of love. Listen to this. If we're willing to stand out, it'll mean a couple things. Number one, we're willing to open our hearts to see people differently. And there's a couple things that we could do to allow our perspective on people around us to change so that others can experience Jesus through us. Number one, we're willing to start praying for some key people around us. So I want you just to think for a minute. Who are some key people in your life right now that God has put around you that you're in regular contact with? In particular, is there an area of your life where people don't even know that you're a Jesus follower? Is there an area of your life where you would be terrified to talk about Jesus in? Okay, I want you to think about that area for a minute. Those areas that we've made off limits. Your friends, your teammates, your coworkers, whatever it is. Okay, think about that. Think about those people, draw them to mind. And I want you just to draw to mind a couple names of people. Maybe take a moment, write their names down right now. All right, I'm just gonna take another moment and pause and ask you to pray. Let's pray right now. Lord, bring people to mind, people that you love, people that you've created for eternal life that you wanna draw our attention to. And as we're listening, I want you just to write the names down of a few people. 
it begins by praying for some people intentionally. It could just be as simple like this, all right? Step one, you're going to commit over the next couple of weeks to just praying for at least one or two people on a daily basis. It could be a really simple prayer. Like, God, open my eyes to what you're doing in my coworker's life, in my neighbor, in my teammate. Number two prayer, show me where I can step in and demonstrate your love to them. As you start to pray like that, God's going to start to open your eyes to the opportunities that were always there that maybe you just didn't see before. Number two, so for one is pray. Number two, ask, start to ask people how they're really doing. Okay, I want to challenge you to do this. Start asking people how they're really doing. Like, so you go, hey, how are you doing? They go, oh, I'm, all, I'm doing good. You go, no, 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 but no, seriously, how are you really doing? What's the good, the bad, and the ugly? What's going on? Ask people how they're really doing and listen to them. There's a couple little tips here. Number one, be willing to have simple conversation with people. Allow it to move to serious conversation where you go, hey, I want to know what's going on in that area that you talked about last week, you know, where things were hard. You're willing to have deeper conversation. As you cultivate deeper conversation with your friends and get past the superficial stuff, you're creating room for spiritual conversation. Now, some of us never have anything but superficial conversation with our friends. But going deeper with people creates room for spiritual conversation. And then as you're having these kind of conversations, start inviting them to come to things. Maybe you might invite them to like an event at church. Maybe it's inviting them to, to your house where other Christians might be there as well. It could be inviting people to a bottom line mixer or inviting them to kids games or inviting them to morning date where their kids can be watched and they can just grow their marriage. But find ways to invite them into spaces where they can see the Christian community at work and see that your faith is bigger than just you. And lastly, ask them how you can be praying for them. Hey, what's one way I can pray for you this week, bro? Hey, what's one way? I love to pray for people. How can I be praying for you? Open a door for God to move in your friend's life. And if that's you, listen, if you're a Christian and you are ready to let God send you out, then I just want you right now, okay, you ready? I want you just to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, send me out. I open the door to every sphere of relationship in my life. Forgive me for holding back some areas of my life from you. In any way, I've been ashamed of you. Ashamed of letting others know that my life is about you. Any way in which I've been afraid of what people would think. Forgive me. And allow me to be your light in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a good week. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.